0: I want to speak to you this morning about revival. I've been speaking about revival. I've been talking about revival. And the closer it gets, the more God is moving closer to us. And someone said, well, I don't understand revival. What does it mean? Revival is reconnection, reawakening. When God does what he intends to do with you and I, what he proposed for you and I from the beginning, reconnecting us to God, bringing us back, To the position that man is supposed to be with god that's the greatest gift you can receive from the lord that's the biggest breakthrough you can have is to be reconnected to god now let's go back in time let's go into history and before you begin to ask me but pastor what about me i may not have any part in revival why because i'm not an evangelist or an ordained minister in fact the greatest danger you have is your ordination when you come to church and there's no more hunger or thirst, when you're just fulfilling roles and, 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 and missions, you're no longer in where God, there's no more thirst for what God wants. That's the biggest threat. Everyone and every time, you know, and God is saying that the increase of the word is what will increase the potential of revival. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? You know, as I began to preach, I feel the fire burning and it's increasing little by little. If I can get some reaction from you, it will be better, you know. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? And many times, and I love it. I love to hear about revival. I love it when um, Brother Said, Pastor Said, whatever search comes forward and shares with us and tells us about Charles Finney and tells us about about Charles Spurgeon and tells us about these great people and I switch on the television also and I hear about these great people but one thing that I never hear most times listen to this very well is a woman that Jesus met by the well one day and this one woman turned a whole city to God by just encountering God in one day it did not, she did not have a great prayer ministry. She did not have a great holiness life. She did not have anything. She just heard the master. And she took the message of the master, ran to the city, and said, Come and see a man that has told me. And this woman, just this woman that has had five husbands, and she's living with the number six, does this one woman, without any pedigree of your useless holiness without any pedigree of your useless right living oh what am i doing now i've started (laughs) no pedigree one day she heard jesus she encountered jesus the lord wants me to tell you wherever you are whatever is going on in your life you are the one that god is looking for blessed are those who thirst and hunger After righteousness, the only qualification for revival is thirst. It is hunger. If you have the thirst and the hunger, the rest God will take care of it. He knows how to give grace so that you can live the way he wants you to live. Can I hear an amen in this house? It's good to talk about Charles Finney and tell you how they went to the prayer mountain, how they prayed ceaselessly, how they fasted, how they lived right, how they will not do this, how they will not do that, and all that. But God showed me overnight, one person that you all always forget is the Samaritan woman, or wherever she is from. By the well, nothing to her name. She's always the one that the society will look at as a misfit. She's worth nothing, but she earned Jesus. No wonder that the last Latter-day Reviver is not committed to the ends of the pastors. It's not committed to the ends of the people that have done all things right. God says, I gave invitation. I gave invitation to those that I thought should come. But they did not show up. They did not carry out my agenda. They are busy. They are distracted. They are taking people from the street through what they call evangelism. They turn them to to Christians, and they put double burden upon them, and they end up being double worse. You know Jesus said that, I'm just quoting scriptures. You remember Jesus said that? They end up double worse than when you pick them on the street. Because when they were on the street, they were only just prostitutes and drug addicts. But when they come into the church, they become religious addicts. They have nothing, no relevance whatsoever. But that woman heard that day. And she calls revival. Without any prayer life. How can these things be? No prayer life. Nothing. She turned the whole city. One day. That's a revival my friend. That's what's going to happen. That you'll just be minding your own business. I can take you into scriptures. But I wouldn't. But you are in scriptures. Remember when the apostles gathered. They've seen Jesus do mighty things. When they gathered in the upper room, 120 of them and they were praying for the infilling of the holy ghost when they got filled they left their high places and they went to the valleys they went to the valleys to get the the the, the sinners of the world the church is a high mountain where nobody lives we gather ourselves give ourselves rules bunch of rules hypocrites gives us rules that they cannot obey hypocrite give us rules that they cannot live by and they put burden on us and revival is caged in within the church and the world is under the sway. first john chapter five can we just quickly read that i have to show you two or three scriptures then i'll get into preaching i know all the scriptures that is coming to your head now but god is going to confound the wise of this world when the revival comes, you'll be shocked, and I, I I don't know if you are ready. If you are ready for the person to sit by you one Sunday will be a drunkard who is completely drunk with tattoos, or, or, or a, a lady who is just coming from wherever, and her sketch is like this. God said, I can't bring them to the church yet because I know your mindset. Even though you allow them to come to the altar for repentance, you want to start a study for them immediately on Monday morning. God says that's your mindset. You want to catch them again. You want them to become like you have become. 30 years of born again, no revival. Everything is dry. 30 years of talk, 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 and talk. And the Bible says, so the kingdom of God is not in words, but in power, in the demonstration of the spirit. Is there anyone here this morning that is thirsty? You are thirsty for God. You are still hungry for God. Or have you become so religious that all that is happening around you is just religion? and you are trying to obey rules conformity that never brings anything have you noticed that the people who God ever used they are outlaws they don't have rules they are just loose canon and God picks them God said can you remember that the Bible says about the apostles the Bible says that great grace was upon them why do you need great grace if you've got it all figured out Oh God, you didn't hear what I just said. If you heard it, someone will be walking with their head upside down. Now, why does a person need grace? Let not even talk about great grace. Why do you need grace if you've got it all figured out? If you've done the work that will qualify you for God to use you, why do you need grace? Oh, the apostles were so weak. Oh, the apostles did not know what to do. They've never done it before. They are going to start a church that will lead to a mighty move of God all over the nations, all over the earth. They've never done it before. So God had to put upon them great grace. Somebody say great grace. First John chapter 5. You look at the world today, and either you're 15—that was what I wanted to start with before. Either you're 15 or 10, you are in trouble. We are all in trouble. The world is collapsing right in front of you. The world is collapsing right in front of our face, and the Bible is not—it's um, uh, very clear. Pardon me about this. First John chapter five, verse 19, and I'll start from verse 17 all unrighteousness is sin and there is sin not leading to death leave that aside that's not the doctrine i want you to check out this morning i'm going to 19 we know that whoever is born of god does not sin but he who has been born of god keeps himself and what does not happen the wicked one does not touch him we know look at verse 19 say we know know. i thought you were real better say we know We know that we are of God and we also know the next thing. We know that the whole world lies under the sway. You know when something lies under the sway, the manipulation, the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Who is the wicked one? Satan, Lucifer himself. He said everything where you walk, where you live, NHS. He said everything lies under the sway of the wicked one. Let me tell you about technology and advancement, new age, modern age, fast cars. When God made the heavens and the earth, it went to Adam every evening and it fought Adam how to live in what he has created, and just before man could graduate from God's school, from the University of God, which is the real University of Life, Satan came and interrupted the education, and he taught man disobedience through the wife. Satan took everything that God made, and he recreated his own replica and then by the time you get to genesis you will see a man called limroid a mighty hunter before the lord the bible calls him but this guy was not i told you before that this word limroid the mighty hunter before the lord is not a compliment it is a bad stuff for it was this Nimrod that satan possessed fully and it was the replica the same image of satan And it began, the fallen angels began to teach man advancement, taught man music, taught man how to put musical things together. That's why Satan thinks he owns the music
1: industry. Still to come in touching the Bible.
0: Seeing that with this God there is still something more and I want it. I want whatever it is. And they refuse to be distracted. And you check how many of us are here this morning, as many as we, whatever we are distractions everywhere. Many eyes have left the Lord and your eyes, many eyes have come to yourself. Because as for the Lord, you are not sure when it's coming. When is all these things going to happen? So you're now in self. What am I going to be? What is my tomorrow going to be like? What is this? And once you get to that level, the devil says, I like it. Because that's realm. Men provide. They do everything to provide and keep things for a tomorrow that they don't know if they will see.
1: Hello and welcome. My name is Neona Taranga. Firstly, I'd like to send greetings from the Senior Pastor of SPAC Ministries, Pastor Toby, and the rest of the SPAC family. Now, I'm excited. I'm really excited. Some of you may be wondering why are you excited? I'm excited because love is the topic. I've been walking around London and I'm realising that our society is trying to display love more within the city. One restaurant that really stood out for me had this is the summer of love. Some may agree with that, but others may say that love is a lifestyle. Whichever way you go, Whatever you may think, let me know. Tweet me at underscore online hashtag LoveAffair. If you don't have Twitter, you can find us on Facebook. Simply Spac Ministry. If you don't have either of these things, but you have an email, you can email us at help at SPAC For more information on our services, house fellowships, or even Pastor Toby's messages, find us on our website, www.spatministries.tv.
0: John, I mean, Isaiah 44, for I will pour water on who? Verse 3, who is he going to pour water on? Isaiah 44. Verse three for I will pour water on who, on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. He said, The only people and persons that I will pour water on is they who are thirsty. You want to see the water of revival God use you? It's not about how many verses of scripture that you know or what Bible school you went to. It's got nothing to do with Bible school. It's got everything to do with EWU is thirsty. I will pour water on EWU is thirsty. do he said, well, but I'm not only enough. He said, but are you thirsty? Well, pastor, I'm still this and that. He said, but are you thirsty? If you are thirsty enough, leave the rest to me i will pour water on him who is thirsty friends you need to go back to get your thirst and your hunger that's where everything god wants to do in your life is a thirsty person it does not matter if they are in the wilderness or if they are in this desert all they are just looking for is water Matthew chapter five again. Blessed are those verse six. In fact, I love verse three first. It said, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for this is the kingdom of heaven." It said there is a special blessing. The poor in spirit there means those who are hungry. They 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 don't see themselves to have attained. They are saying that with this God there is still something more and I want it. I want whatever it is. And they refuse to be distracted. Can you check how many of us are here this morning. As many as few, whatever we are. Distractions everywhere. Many eyes have left the Lord. And your eyes, many eyes have come to yourself. Because, as for the Lord, you are not sure when He's coming. When is all these things going to happen? So, you are now in self. What am I going to be? What is my tomorrow going to be like? What is this? And once you get to that level, the devil says, I like it. Because that's His realm. Men provide, they do everything to provide and keep things. For a tomorrow that they don't know if they will see. You didn't hear what I just said. Men work hard, provide, keep money in the bank, keep this, buy this, buy that. Greed, 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 greed. Give to God, they will never, they are keeping things for a tomorrow that they don't know that they will see. Tomorrow that they are not assured of. Some even say, I'm doing all this for my children. He said, You don't, he said. The wisdom or the foolishness of the kind of children that will come after you, you don't even know. That's what you kill one another for. Amazing stuff. Said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Then, verse let's just jump because of time to verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger. It's not blessed are those who have hungered before. They still hunger. For what? Are they hungry for a successful life? Are they hungry for money? No. They hunger and thirst after righteousness. You stop hungering for that. If there's any word for that called hungering. You stop being thirsty for righteousness. You can't be bothered really because you've got debt to pay. So when you finish paying that debt, now you are what? Debt free. Then what? Impactless. Zero. Friends, wake up. Awake from slumber. First, for what is right first for a generation that will raise the banner of the king of the kingdom and the simple question this morning is that what exactly are you looking for whatever you're looking for is in god's right hand you're not gonna get it until you get to him it's there well i'm not getting it yet you've not reached them yet You have not reached them. Because then you say, What I've been praying and fasting and da da da, and nothing is happening. You haven't got there. You've not reached them. Look at how distracted you are. I will pour water upon the thirsty. The Lord told me to tell you there are many people that are thirsty for things, but you're not thirsty for the right thing. Looking for people who are consumed with the kingdom. And the last day, you remember that great day of the feast? You remember that? Jesus stood. Where is that in scriptures now? John chapter 6. John chapter 7. That great day of the feast. Thank God Jesus said this in the feast, not the fasting time. (laughs) Oh, I love Jesus' style. John chapter number 7, verse number 37. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried. Again, people will tell me, you know, in other color church, da 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 da. da and people do a lot of stuff, make me laugh. Well, you know, a church should have all kinds of colors. So let's have tea, let's have bread, so that all colors can come. That's God's business. What's my business with that? That's God's business. He wants whatever color to come. The color comes. If not, whoever, whatever. He's just told me to preach. That's not my business. That's not my ethic. It's God's problem. It's not mine. I'm putting that. Well, you know, so what? He cried out. So so, well. they don't shout, they don't do this, but well, thank God, maybe he belongs to our own color because he cried here, though. So maybe he's an African guy. So I love the crying like that. I love the noise. I love the shouting. Someone give the Lord a shout of victory. Uh Uh-huh. On that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out. You know, I'm just imagining the scenario. This guy who is the the king of kings and the lord of lords, he wants the whole world, he's a miracle worker. He just stood up and cried. "Ah!" And people kept quiet. And they heard him. And all he wanted to say was, if anyone... Is there anyone here this morning that is anyone? Oh God. How many anyone's are here this morning? If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Anyone. Like that woman exactly what he was saying to that woman at the well he said if you know who is standing before you you would have asked him of drink and this one because the reason why you went to all those guys marrying from one person to the other is because you are looking for a shoulder to cry on and the guys saw that as an advantage and they took an advantage of you he said what you should have done is that when you were crying You should have come to me. And if you drink of this one, you will not thirst anymore. We're looking for motivational books, you know, all those little clinches that you put on your social media. If you are happy in the morning, by the night you'll be smiling. Whatever! And then the next day you still say, well, I'm down." But you just put something up. You should be living by your own words. Dumb. It only just says that those words cannot help you, they are just excited. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Anybody, I will fill him so much that he will have so much water. Then again, he said, he said, he who believes in me, out of his belly will flow a river. Rivers don't serve themselves, they serve nations. Rivers don't serve themselves, they serve cities. They supply water in other people's homes out of his belly. So he said, The source of livelihood that you're looking for, you want a business to do this, that, that. I said, Really, it's in your belly if you really believe in me, the problem is most of us really don't believe. If you believe in me, out of his belly will flow. So how come rivers are not flowing out of your belly? Because Jesus lied. He can't lie. It's too big to lie. For you to be filled, you have to be thirsty. But you have to be thirsty for the nice stuff.
1: Hello and welcome. My name is Neona Taranga. Firstly, I'd like to send greetings from the Senior Pastor of SPAC Ministries, Pastor Toby and the rest of the SPAC family. Now, I'm excited. I'm really excited. Some of you may be wondering, why are you excited? I'm excited because love is the topic. I've been walking around London and I'm realising that our society is trying to display love more within the city. One restaurant that really stood out for me had This Is The Summer Of Love. Some may agree with that, but others may say that love is a lifestyle. Whichever way you go, whatever you may think, let me know. Tweet me at Myona underscore online hashtag love if you don't have Twitter, you can find us on Facebook, simply SPAC Ministry. If you don't have either of these three, but you have an email, you can email us at help at For more information on our services, house fellowships, or even Pastor Toby's messages, find us on our website, www.spacministries.tv.